So it's working. Good morning. A very warm welcome to you all this morning. Um, I'm waiting for the collection bags, so that's why we're starting five minutes late. They haven't arrived yet, but hopefully they'll arrive shortly. It's great that you could be here this morning, um, and I pray that you'll uh, enjoy being with us and that you'll feel closer to our Father and to his Son as a, as a result, and to each other as a result of being here this morning. Um, we're going to begin with some praise. We've, obviously, it's been Christmas. We've been celebrating uh, the birth of Jesus, um, and we are going to celebrate that gift uh, that God's given us and, um, and celebrate his amazing love and Jesus' amazing love. We're going to sing two songs, Come On and Celebrate, um, and then we'll go straight on to Your Love is Amazing. So uh, if you stand and join me. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, your, your love makes us sing with joy and with gratitude um, for what you've done in, in sending the Lord Jesus into the world um, to show us how much you love us. And Father, we thank you uh, for the way that you did it. We thank you um, for uh, the, the fact that it means we can be a part of your family. We thank you for, for all the amazing things you have done for us. And Father, we pray for your forgiveness when we, and we forget about that, when we uh, take it for granted, when we just are too busy thinking about other things. But, Father, this morning we're meeting together to remember, to remember your love and to celebrate your love and um, to celebrate your Son. And we thank you uh, for this time now. We pray that it will be a time when... Uh, we can step out of the world and all its craziness and just focus on you and be with each other and be with you uh, in your presence. And we pray you'll fill us with your spirit this morning, that we will be, um, that we'll feel close to you um, and that you'll bless us richly. In Jesus' name, amen. And the collection bags have arrived. Great timing, Mark. Them, actually, because you're going to pass them around in a minute. Thank you. Right, I'm going to um, briefly tell you the plans um, for our church this morning. While we do that, we will pass the collection bags round. Um, it is first collection, obviously, the general work of the church. Second collection this week is for preaching. Thank you, Jeff. Um, so, as I say, welcome. I'm very pleased you could all be here this morning. Um, uh, particularly welcome to uh, to Tim's family, Holly and Caroline. Great to see you here, um, and it's fantastic to see Dave and Anna. Uh, back with us. Great to see you and uh, hope you enjoy being with us this morning. So it's a fairly quiet week actually, um, but these are our arrangements, um, God willing. Uh, there is no organised crash. Thank you, Simon. Uh, and it goes like this. Marion is still no better. Um, she has some hospital appointments coming up in January, so, so we pray that the doctors are able to help her. Um, Mark and Elaine have had uh, Isabel poorly over Christmas, and we pray that she'll get better soon. Mark, is she on the mend? No. Still, still poorly, oh dear. Um, Pauline has spent Christmas in the MRI. Um, she's probably coming home next week, um, but that all depends on her social care package being sorted out. We understand 
that, uh, that Rob has gone down to Wales to be with his mum and dad over Christmas and we pray that this has brought him uh, some joy in his current struggles. Uh, John is still in prison in Congo awaiting the judges uh, to complete writing up their, their judgment and release documents um, and we pray that the Lord will be very close to him uh, while he waits for that. Um, and there isn't news of any other, anybody else, uh, but we pray for all of our family, both near and far. And we also pray for the return of Lord Jesus when pain and suffering will be no more and there will be peace on earth. So that's, that's the, uh, the care news. Does, we are going to um, pray shortly. Does anyone have anything else they'd like to share and have us pray together concerning? where you are we'll we'll, uh, pray together again Father we thank you for uh, all our family Um, and we thank you that we're able to meet here this morning we're very aware that um, as we've heard there are some who are are not well enough to be here and there are some who are away visiting um, as well and whatever the circumstances Lord we pray uh, that you will be close be close to those of our family who are not here today. For those who are unwell, we pray for your healing hand, for your relief and comfort um, on them. We pray for uh, those who are caring for them, that, that um, they will be your hands and feet. Uh, and we pray that you'll help us to do what we can um, to, to help um, alleviate any problems that, uh, that our family might have. We uh, have mentioned people specifically, Lord. You know their names, you know their needs, and we give them into your care and uh, ask them, ask you to to hold them closely uh, in your arms and uh, and help them to know that closeness and feel close to you and and close to us and to your Son. Father, we thank you again for all your blessings, and we do indeed pray that that you will send Jesus back soon, so that. Uh, He'll set up your kingdom and that time uh, of glory and living with you and, and no suffering and no pain will, will begin soon and that we, can, that we can be with you forever. In Jesus' name, Amen. So you've got me all morning this morning. You know, um, you know the Dogs Trust slogan that you see on stickers in in people's cars um, and they use it a lot in their advertising around this time of year it says a dog is for life not just for Christmas you'll all seen that I'm sure well about uh, about 20 years ago Becky and I were uh, helping out at Macclesfield Youth Weekend um, it was led by Mark, Mike Hardy um, can't remember anything else about it except this one of his sessions involved um, the kids coming up with a slogan to advertise Jesus and uh, one of the teenagers, and I can't remember exactly who, I think it might have been Matt Shearn, um, came up with, Jesus is for life, not just for Christmas. And some of you will remember that as a result of that, we got some, some car stickers printed up um, with that slogan on, and we sold them for charity and for, for a number of years. Uh, quite a lot of you had them in the back of your car. Jesus is for life, not just for Christmas. And that's kind of where we're going this morning. Um, Christmas is all about uh, celebrating the birth of, of Jesus, the delivery of that, of that really special little package from God, and in amazing circumstances, isn't it? And it's great that we do come together and celebrate that. 
Um, but for many people, the story's really been sanitised, hasn't it? And, and also then it's forgotten as soon as the year turns and all the decorations are away. But the impact that Jesus had goes way beyond uh, the Christmas story, doesn't it? And, and he needs to impact our lives for life, not just for Christmas. So I'm hoping that's, that's as I say, where we're going to go this morning. Um, I'm also hoping that Emmy and Jess and Anna and Evie are going to come and sing a song to us now about the shepherds and the angels on the hillside. If you want to, if you know it and you want to join in, then please do. Um, you perhaps recognise it from a, a nativity a little while ago. to us please. Uh, We're going to read a few little passages together this morning and Sylvie's going to lead us in reading from Luke chapter 2 verses 8 to 20. 
The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, starting at verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I wonder what happened to those shepherds. I... They went back to the fields, we know that. But I wonder if, I wonder what impact it had on them. I wonder if they always remembered that experience. I'm sure they did. I wonder if they made uh, the connection when Jesus began teaching years later. I I wonder if it impacted their lives forever. I wonder if they passed on to their kids the story of what had happened um, and the message from the angels so that their kids would also await uh, the Messiah's moment. I wonder what happened to the people to whom they spread the word and and who were also amazed. I wonder if they came across Jesus later and remembered that night what they'd been told. We don't know. Mary, though, it says, treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. She must have thought about the various messages that she had from angels uh, on so many occasions throughout her life. Let's, let's sing together again. Uh, if you have a hymn book, it's number 192. The words will be on here. Hark, what mean those holy voices sweetly sounding through the skies? And then the last verse uh, is a celebration. Christ is born, the great anointed Heaven and earth his praises sing. Receive whom God appointed for your prophet, priest and king. Um, Sue's going to come and read uh, another passage for us from Matthew 2 and the first 11 verses. Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, During the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? 
We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Thank you. The Magi knew what an impact Jesus was going to have before they'd even seen him. Although we don't really know how, do we? Um, But they knew that his impact would be big enough that it moved them to travel, what, a thousand miles maybe? To come and pay their tribute um, to this little baby. We don't know if they were majestic and riding on camels in rich finery. Um, we know very little about them, don't we? They, they may well have been a scruffy band of travellers um, who probably may, may not even have shared a language with Joseph and Mary. I can imagine it might have been quite uh, an awkward meeting, that. We do know that they were foreign astronomers um, and they came and they made Herod instantly jealous and fearful for his position. Um, and I imagine that their arrival um, at Mary's and Jesus' home was another moment that Mary pondered um, for many years. A preparation for her, maybe with some, some hints about the impact that her son would have. We don't know what happened to them afterwards. They know nothing about them. They went home. Um, But maybe the gifts that they gave made her wonder. Maybe they made her fear with their suggestions of uh, of kingship and of priesthood and of burial. Maybe they reminded her again that her child was to have a big impact somehow. These, These foreigners who came and and paid their tribute and, and worshipped her child. Let's sing together in praise of our King. Isn't he beautiful? <clears throat> we know lots from the Gospels, don't we, about the impact that Jesus did have as he grew up the impact that he had on, on the teachers in the temple, age 12, who, we read, were amazed at his understanding. 
Was it those same teachers uh, who sought to silence him later in his life, I wonder? Did they remember him? We know about the impact he had on those who society had little time for. Uh, We know he spent time with outcasts, with tax collectors, with simple living fishermen. We know that he reached out to the helpless, to the blind, to those with leprosy, to those with mental health issues. And I guess that they all remembered him. I guess that for most of those, Jesus was for life. Well, there were others, weren't there, who, who were excited about um, what they thought his impact would be, who, who cheered as he entered Jerusalem on a cult, who welcomed him as a king, but then who melted away or turned as the moment came for Jesus to have his biggest impact. Lizzie's going to come and read to us um, from Luke 23, that's verses 44 to 49. It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely, This was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance, watching these things. Thank you, Lizzie. This was the big impact, wasn't it? This is what God had planned as his final demonstration of his love for his people, for us. He allowed his son to be crucified to show us how much he loves us, how much he loves the world. And it had an impact on the centurion stood beneath the cross. We've read about that. And it had its impact on his followers. Here again we see Mary as well, stood at a distance watching Weeping, remembering, remembering all the things that she'd been told over the years. All the meetings she's had, she'd had with shepherds and magi. Wondering. And I have to say, it was, it was a dramatic representation of Jesus' crucifixion that, that had its big impact on me and, and broke me and made me realise his love for me. So we're going to focus on, on that for a minute now. We're going to celebrate that together, um, celebrate that Jesus is for life, not just for Christmas, um, as we share bread and wine and remember how he changed everything. But we're going to sing again, first of all, um, and focus, focus on that big impact that Jesus had. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss, and pour contempt on all my pride. 
And the third verse, third verse talks about what we, what we can bring. We, we've read about what the Magi brought. What, what can we bring? What can we do? David's going to lead our thanks before we share the bread together. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we, we have been thinking over the last few days of that event that was the, the greatest event in the history of the world. The birth of your son to be our saviour. And we thank you and do thank you for that. But our focus shifts now to what soon afterwards became in its turn the greatest event in the history of the world. And we think of the Lord, we think of his crucifixion, of his death for us. And we remember that. And we shall remember it. First by, by sharing bread, symbol of, of his body which he gave for us. And we thank you for that. And as we do, we, we also look forward to the event that in its turn will become the greatest event in the history of the world when he comes back. And we pray that that might be soon. For now we, we remember him, him in this, this special way that he asked us to. And we thank you for the bread. We thank you for everything that it means to us. And we ask for your blessing as we share it. Amen. So because he asked his followers to to do this, to share bread together and remember him, that's what we're going to do. Phil, will you come and lead our thanks for the wine? Lord God, our Father, we have reflected this morning on the impact that the Lord Jesus had on people that he met and I pray this morning that as we partake of this cup of wine together that that same impact may drive us today and may help us in our remembrance of his love for us our father I pray that you will bless this wine to us and that it will help us and focus our lives on the love you have for us. And that also as we go through into another year, according to your will, that we may constantly live our lives in that love that you have shown us. Lord Jesus, you are for life, not just Christmas. Amen. We'll share this wine and remember that Jesus is, is the life giver as well. He's our saviour. If Jesus had died for us, and stay dead. It would still be a moving story. But it didn't end there, did it? 
because he was sinless, his father, our father, raised him to life again. And that's where it becomes an even bigger impact, isn't it? And we know from, from the Bible and from historic, historical records the impact that Jesus had on his followers following his resurrection. The change in them was dramatic, wasn't it? They, they were transformed from being uh, broken and terrified in hiding to being fearless ambassadors for their king, willing to lay down their lives for him. They spread the word as he asked them and strengthened by the Holy Spirit, they changed the world. That was the impact that he had on them and that they had on those around them. But what's the impact it has on us and what is the impact that we have on those around us as a result? Pastor Andrew, if you'll come and read us a short meditation that's written by Eddie Askew. To read this because it's one of my favourites as well. <clears throat> Behind the carved oak pulpit in an old church, I noticed a mark on the wall. At first glance, I thought it was just a random roughness, a shadow on the stone. Then I realised it was the outline of a cross. It must have hung there for years, and when taken down, it left the mark on the wall. As individual Christians, we leave a mark. Most of us lead unremarkable lives. Actually, I'm not so sure of that. When you get to know people, you find few who are ordinary. No one is exactly like another. Each is remarkable in individual experience. Each of us has something of value to give. But we lead unspectacular lives, rarely producing headlines in the newspapers, yet our presence in the world, our faithful performance of little acts of daily living, makes its mark. There are times when we feel useless. We can't stop the steamroller of world events without getting flattened. No one listens to the thin sound of our protest. But your living shall not be in vain, as the song puts it. We make our mark, and however small it is, it's our mark. And the world will never be quite the same again. God grant the mark we leave is the mark of the cross. <clears throat> Thank you, Andrew. And it struck me that um, the mark that we make, as um, Eddie Askew said at the start of there, isn't immediately obvious as a mark of a cross. It might just be a random roughness, but it's noticed for being a mark. And then maybe, maybe later becomes, it becomes clear what it is. That doesn't matter. We've made the mark. I'd like to show you... Um, uh, a short video of some children receiving their Christmas shoe boxes. You know that we have been a collection centre for Operation Christmas Child boxes um, for a number of years, and we were again this year. Many of you will fill boxes to go to children somewhere in the developing world. We don't yet know where the boxes that we made have gone. We will find out at some point. Um, but this is a video from uh, a previous year that demonstrates 
the impact that a little gift of love has on the children receiving them. To them, it might not be obvious as a mark of the cross, but it's a gift of love that really has an impact on them. So just enjoy. This is a bit of a, um, an indulgence, really. You did that. Thank you. We make our mark with everything that we do, do we? And having made that mark, the world will never be the same. And it's the small things in life as well, isn't it? As, as well as the more obvious things like providing gifts uh, to children who've never had them before. It's, it's how we behave. And it's really easy to leave a mark that's not a mark of the cross, to leave people hurting. If I go to work uh, in a bad mood and respond badly to someone irritating me, it has a negative impact on them and, and on their day. If I come home in a bad mood and snap at one of my girls, it has a negative impact on our family. How can we make sure that the mark we leave is a positive one, that it's, that it's always the mark of the cross? Maybe it's the smile to the stranger, which, which may just be a ray of light into their, um, into their hidden loneliness, perhaps. Maybe it's a random act of kindness that, that surprises the recipient. Maybe it's an offer of help. Kids, try this one. Offer some help to your parents and see the impact. It'll be eyes going wide and a little smile. It's how we respond to people, isn't it? Um, to situations that makes an impact on lives, that makes a mark on people. So my challenge today to all of us, to me uh, especially, is try and make that mark a mark in the shape of the cross. It might not, might not immediately be obvious as a shape of the cross, but try and make it in that shape and, and maybe it will become apparent at some point. Andrew, will you come and read Eddie Askew's prayer for us, please? Lord, I find it hard to believe it matters. The little mark I make on the world, I'm so caught up in things I can't control, can't even understand the problem half the time. I feel lost, swallowed up, my efforts useless. If I stand out in the storm, waving my little leaf of protest, it's quickly whipped away, wind blighted, seared, and nothing seems to change. At times I think I hear an echo of unpleasant laughter far away. I get the feeling that there's nothing I can do, and not much point in trying. Yet... In the quiet, I still feel that inner sense, which I can only say is you, urging me on, telling me, however small I am or weak, you care for what I do, reminding me so gently that however small a mark I make, it's mine and yours, and telling me to do the little thing in front of me today. I may not see its cosmic breadth or deep significance. Sounds pompous anyway, but in the faithful living out and quiet affirmation of this day's duty lies worth 
and joy. And on some wall, a mark is made. A mark of love, shaped like a cross. Amen. Thank you, Andrew. We've thought about um, the impact that, that Jesus had, that the angels had, that the Magi had, but that Jesus had on, on all those who, who came across him from, from his birth to his resurrection. And we are now his hands and feet, and it's for us to have that impact on those around us. Um, and I'm going to play you another song now. The words are beautiful. Take note of the words. Um, it has a meal a day focus. I put this together uh, for a meal a day presentation. Um, but I think that's relevant as well because you all are Jesus' hands and feet through meal a day, through your contributions. So this is a thank you as well for your um, contributions this during this year. So enjoy. Our loving Heavenly Father, what a beautiful morning it's been. We see the power of your creation. Our eyes, Heavenly Father, have been opened to see the beauty of your creation on this particular morning, Heavenly Father. The sun is shining brightly. Our eyes have been opened to see the beauty of your creation. Our hearts have been opened to feel the love that you had showered down on us in giving Jesus as an example for us in our daily lives. What a wonderful aspect of our lives this is, Lord. We are so, so thankful that we have been given eyes to see and ears to hear and to read day by day and to be encouraged by the wonderful hope you've given us that Jesus will be part of our wonderful, wonderful life in the future. And this is what we pray for, Heavenly Father. We've had a wonderful morning this morning, Neil. Heart has been really opened to your love in presenting your word for us. In this singing, the children singing beautifully. Ah, difficulty, Heavenly Father, finding words to express how blessed we are as a lovely family in Christ to know that we can be Go out into the world with hearts full of your love so that we can love each other and love our neighbour as ourselves. So Lord, we do thank you for this time together. Please be with us always. Please help us live that life of love that Jesus gave us. Please be with us always, Lord. Please be with us, Jesus, in our day and today lives. Amen.